Hello, and welcome to a very special Breaking Brews edition of the Natty Bros Podcast. I'm Zach Brooks. And I'm Anthony D'Angelo. And we're joining you here today with a bonus edition of the Natty Bros Podcast, because we had an emergency event happen about two hours after we finished the podcast last night, and we couldn't wait six days to talk about it. Well, as, as I'm sure, if unless you've been living under a rock for the last... 24 hours you've probably have seen some sort of coverage of what was probably the the craziest play i've ever seen in sports uh packers seahawks last night last play of the game a and and i i think i think the word disputed here uh is a bit of an understatement uh touchdown from russell wilson to golden tate to win the game in seattle um i mean this has been not only all over ESPN, and again, I mean, just you know, understatements abound. But it it has it has really been everywhere. I I think this story even led off the Today Show this morning. So, um, you know, a lot of people talking about this, a lot of back and forth about the larger implications of what this means, and uh, just how how these referees could have made made such a huge mistake. And I just gotta say, I'm really excited to be doing this podcast when when anthony and i decided to start doing the natty bros podcast one of the things we were really looking forward to was the the day when a big event happens and we could hop on and record something for you guys and, and give our kind of instant feedback uh and so i'm excited that our, this is our first breaking brews edition of the natty bros podcast and obviously breaking brews like breaking news if that needs to be explained so i i'm excited to talk about this and Anthony, I, I kind of want to kick it off real quick with something you and I had talked about earlier. Who do you think actually had the ball? Oh, I, I think it was a clear interception. And, and, and look, I, and, and I, I will say this: I, you know, I like Golden Tate. He was a he's a he's an Dame guy. I saw him playing college. Um, but he, uh, and, and we'll we'll talk a bit more about him later. But he not only didn't catch the ball, but he, he dug himself quite a little hole, uh, you know, a- after that game. Um, yeah, that, that, that was without that interception. And, and when I was watching it, I honestly, and still I've watched the replay, and it's close, but I actually think you got to give it to him. I think he had it. I, I he, he definitely had pass interference on that play. There were other questionable calls, and that was a questionable spot, but Looking at it, when you got the two players going for it, I, I think it's got to go to the offense, and I think that's what the rules state. Well, the, the rule does state that, but but first of all, again, the, the, the pass interference call makes it moot, right? It, it it makes everything outside, you know, after that push, you know, just absolutely null and void. And, and, and second of all, it, it's if, – if, if they both come down with it simultaneously, then, yes, the – the priority goes to the offensive player, but they didn't. The, the, the ball was clearly in the grasp of the Packers player. And and Tate, now granted, you, you have to give him some credit here. He didn't give up on the play. He, he went for the ball, and he had the strength to rip it away from the defensive player. But that's not a catch. It, it, is it a great effort? Yeah, it's a fantastic effort. Good for him. Is it a touchdown? No. It. And I felt like it was. And I've, I've watched that play. I haven't watched it too many times. I watched it a lot last night after it happened. I watched it a couple times today. Um, I don't know. I, I I might need to get my eyes checked. but uh, And, you know, maybe I should become a replacement official. But I thought that, you know, I actually think that he had it. 
there were a lot of other mistakes, but I think the one that everybody's talking about, I think, you know, that's a tough situation, and I think you got to give that to the offense. Well, you know, there are, and obviously this is something that, that a lot of our people outside of ourselves have talked about today, uh, a lot of winners and losers being talked about. So let's let's actually, let's go right in, into this because there are there are a lot of parties out here that that had, um, you know, that that frankly ha- have a big stake in what happened last night. And and first and foremost, foremost the NFL. Um, and, and not only Roger Goodell, who who obviously has been has been kind of made in, in a lot of this of his own doing into some weird, you know, Mister Burns just. <laughs> you know, kind of like 1920s, you know, oil conglomerate, just, you know, farce of, of a of a corporate figurehead. But, you know, the, the NFL as, as a brand, as a franchise, as as an entity, was this good for the NFL? Does the NFL come out as a winner or a loser? I think in the short term, they come out of this as a loser because people are talking about them and looking at them bad. But long term are people really going to stop watching the NFL because of bad officiating i don't think so i think if nothing else the ratings are going to be higher next week because the average person is going to tune in to the NFL to see what happens next what crazy thing is going to happen i've never seen anything like that play last night and in fact i've never seen anything like that play in the baltimore new england game the night before so the NFL is just every every night is something new so their their ratings are going to go up because people are going to keep watching and i think it's going to take a long consistent bad officiated season for people to really even talk or think about tuning out i mean are you going to stop watching football no and 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 this is a thing this this situation might be might be crazy but it's not new right and it's not new from the the sense of you know, pro pro sports as as kind of corporate entities have been been crapping on players and and fans for a long, long time. Okay, I I remember in you know I remember in what, what was it? It was sometime in the mid '90s when the NBA went on strike. It was and like '94, I, I think. Yeah, it was like '90. It was or '98, maybe it was '98. Well, because because baseball is '94. Whatever it was. I, I just remember thinking, you know what? Like, I'm not going to watch, ba- you know, I'm, I'm not going to watch basketball for for a year because I, I was just, I was so pissed off about it in my, you know, 15 year olds or however old I was, anger. But you know what? Look, like, you get over it, right? You get over it. You start watching again, and you know, it, it's one of those things. Are people going to be upset about this? Sure, they are. But but you know what? We're 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 talking about it, right? You you cared enough text me a couple hours ago and say hey let's you know let's uh you know let, let's spend 30 minutes tonight you know doing a a, a breaking bruise podcast about this right people are going to be talking about this which means and you're right more and more people are going to watch these games you know you're going to get more people more people interested and and and, and even if it is under a a relatively negative context it's it's not going to change the fact that this is a sport that has overtaken baseball as America's true national pastime. That is more profitable than ever. That that more people are are investing in from a from a time and a money perspective than ever. 
it, it's not going to change it at all, right? I mean, you know, our, our country is filled with with corporations that that treat people horribly, right? You know, you have you, know, you have a corporation like Walmart that, that goes through a town that that forces a lot of small businesses out, that underpays people, that 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 takes away a lot of you know benefits. But you know what? People still go to Walmart, right? The, the NFL could, can completely treat its players, its referees, its fans like crap. And they are still going to come back. They're still going to watch. They're still going to play. It, it's it's a sad fact, but it's just the way it is. So I think I think at the end of the day, I think, I think the NFL very cynically comes out as, as a winner here. Yeah, and they know it. And on top of that, I've read a stat that the games are actually lasting six minutes longer on average this year. And you know what six minutes longer means? A lot more commercials. More commercials and more time for people in the stadium to buy concessions. Yeah. It doesn't hurt them to have a longer game. The only thing that's going to hurt them is if enough people really stand up and say they're not going to watch football, and I don't think that's going to happen. People care too much about this. That's why people are tuning into ESPN. That's why people are listening to a podcast about it, reading articles, tweeting about it. They care. Otherwise, they wouldn't talk about it. Well, you know, you you, you, you you actually just mentioned who I think is, is the the real big winner from that this and that that's ESPN. I mean, oh, they're huge, huge winner. Yeah, you, you're, you're talking about a network. I think I think last night Sports Center was like the highest rated Sports Center they ever had. Yeah, is it, it like they and, and and kudos to ESPN who who covered this like CNN covering the first Iraq War. I mean, they had comprehensive coverage of this i mean i i don't know where they 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 were able to drag john clayton out of <laughs> but you know they like they just found you know they, they just pulled their guys out of bed and said you got to get on tv to talk about this and they did a fantastic job do you think john clayton like had gone back to the hotel because when they showed him he was wearing like a red and white like tracksuit or or pajamas or a sweatshirt i don't I don't know where they got him from, and I think, you know, based on that commercial they had that came out a couple weeks ago starring John Clayton, which you should look up on YouTube if you haven't seen it yet, uh, I, I'm really curious what John Clayton was doing when they got him on ESPN at 12.30 at night. Yeah, you know, you, I, I, I kind of think that, like, John Clayton has, like, a second job as, like, a house DJ somewhere, and they, <laughs> you know, they just pulled him out of some, like, techno club wearing, like, a really shitty tracksuit. I don't know. And, and look, you know... I, I, look, I still have ESPN on, right? Like, I still have it on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching it until I, I get my fill of this, which I haven't yet. When, when, when people are upset about something, even if it's a manufactured controversy, they, they want to continue to hear about it. And, and, and ESPN is really good at feeding the beast. They're, they are, they are taking advantage of this, like, like another other big one for ESPN. Yeah, big win for them, and they're. They've got to be just overjoyed that this game was on ESPN and not the Sunday night game or game in the middle of the day Sunday. And well, they, they can say how much that they don't like these replacement officials. They love these replacement officials. Well, here's here's a, an interesting question for you. If this game was a Thursday game, let's, let's say this game is on NFL Network. How um, what is the difference in, in coverage there? Because and and I and, and this is just ignorance on my part. I'm assuming that the NFL Network is owned by the NFL. I'm pretty sure it is. So so if if you're 
if, if this were, were to happen on the NFL Network, I mean, do they do they cut the coverage at the end? I mean, what, what do they do? I think they still cover it a lot because they cover any story in the NFL a ton. Tim Tebow, replacement officials, concussions, they, they cover that stuff a lot. And they know that NFL is what gets them ratings. Um, but well, it would be interesting to see how much they talk about it. Yeah. And I wasn't able to watch ESPN during the day on Monday, but um, maybe you can clue me in. How much did they talk about the Patriots-Ravens thing? Um, a, a decent – I mean, it led Center. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this would definitely lead Center. It was – I mean, it was the play of the season so far. By yeah. by far the play of the season. Yeah. And, and, and you know, in the in the Pants-Ravens game didn't lead Center because it was a – you know, because it was the, the AFC Championship game – or, you know, because it was like a, a playoff game redo or because it was two good teams. Well, it's sports center because it was a controversial ending. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's important to remember. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think one of the things that that's getting buried under, underneath this is is that there are there are real refs out there. Refs who do this for a living, uh, who, you know, who actually referee these these big time games who are being locked out right now. Are they uh, are they winners or losers here? I want to say that they're winners because all this bad press for the replacement officials is making it's pushing, putting pressure on the NFL to at least start thinking about um, bringing the real refs back and, and, and negotiating with them. I mean, don't you think? Oh, I would have to think so. And, and I think that I, I think even when they come back, you know, I, I think there is going to be a, a honeymoon period for them and, and a, a greater appreciation uh, for them, so I, I think I think they're they're very much a, a winner here. Um, and, and and look, like you know, I, I know a lot of people you know are, are saying that these, you know, th- that you know, you gotta you gotta feel for these, uh, you know, you gotta feel for these replacement refs, so on and so forth. You know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, nobody's putting a gun to these guys' heads and telling them, well, you you have to referee these games. You know, they are they're, they're going out there doing this on their own accord. And, and frankly, you know, you, you have to take responsibility for it. You know, when when you when you step up and say, you know what, I, I'm going to be a scab referee. I'm, I'm going to you know, I'm going to go ahead and 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 interject myself in the situation. You open yourself up to, um, you know, to criticism. And and when you do a poor job, well, you open yourself up to even more. Yeah. And. You know, these these replacement officials are guys who couldn't get jobs in in Division One. One of the guys I read, actually you sent it to me, he was fired by the Lingerie Football League, which is a uh, which is a favorite of our buddy Souls. He loves the Lingerie Football League. And this yeah. guy was fired by them. Yeah, and, and, and look, I think I think the more and more that you see these stories come out, again, theoretically, it would it would pressure the NFL to to take action here it would pressure the nfl to to make concessions on their frankly outrageous demands for for the referees for the real referees but it's not you know as as crazy as these stories are the nfl doesn't care about them so you know i i think from a from a a larger perspective you know the the real ref you know the real refs win as far as their as far as their reputation goes but as far as Actually, getting them closer to a um, to a settlement with the league, I, I, I don't think this does anything for them. Yeah, 
I think, um, you know, I think that I think you're right, and I, I put myself in the situation of these of these uh, scab referees, and think about kind of they're not that far removed from me, pretty much. I'm not a I'm not a football ref, but these guys are not professional refs. I mean, they've done D three games, and they're high school teachers and things like that. Imagine being in that situation, and you're sitting there. The game is on the line. You're a fan. I mean, you're you're a fan. I wanted to see excitement. I wanted to see a Hail Mary pass. I wanted to see Golden Tate catch that. And but, even if consciously they didn't want to, subconsciously, there's probably a part of them that was like, ooh, this is exciting. They haven't been in that situation before like these like these regular refs have. And not only that, they have 70,000 fans in Seattle all wanting them to make a decision one way. That's a lot of pressure to have to make this call. And they're in a situation that they are not experienced or ready for. You know, I, I think I think a lot of us face a lot of pressure in our day to day day to day lives and day to day jobs, right? I mean, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who who doesn't face pressure in, in one way or another, and, and it's all relative, right? But you, when when you put on that uniform, when you step out on that field, when you accept the jobs of referee in in any sport, you do so with an understanding of what that job means. And, and if that's the case, look, you know, a perfect example is, is this guy who was the, the New Orleans Saints fan and was and was slated to be the, an, an official at a New Orleans Saints game. How at what point does it go through your head? You know what? Like I go to a lot of these games. I've got photos all over Facebook with me wearing Saints shit. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't uh, maybe I shouldn't be a a supposedly non-biased official at this game because I don't have it in me. Well, again, I I understand there's a lot of pressure on these guys. But at some point, you need to step up and take responsibility for, again, these guys were drafted by the government in a service. Okay? (laughs) You know, this isn't something where, you know, their number didn't come up and, you know, and, and a guy in a uniform you know, went and knocked on the door and said, your time is, is up. No, they, I'm sure there was an application process for this, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sure they had to actively seek this employment. So they, they knew what they were getting into. Um, and and as, as far as that goes, I don't, I have no sympathy for these guys. If, if, you, if you commit to doing the job, you should commit to doing the job right. Hey, you're, you demand excellence, my friend. I do. You definitely do. Well, let's move on to um, a guy you're a fan of and the guy who made that play. Um, Russell Wilson always seems like he is involved in these in these Hail Mary plays, and his receiver, Golden Tate, um, he gave a he gave an interesting interview after the after the game yesterday. You know, I um so so both Russell Wilson and Golden Tate did interviews after the game, which which I actually thought you know if if I was we're we're both in communications in our in our real life job if if i was doing communications for 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 seattle i would not have allowed them to to go into interviews i mean i i think that you know this is a situation you must have known people were pissed off you must have known people were going to be upset the best thing you could say in, in that situation is nothing right yeah, i'm because, surprised they were allowed to do interviews i i guess i guess there is the you know the nfl media policy um, you know, they probably have to give interviews and there were some very interesting press conferences. Um, 
Aaron Rodgers was furious after the game, and just, he was just stewing. You could tell. Um, yeah. Well, and, and both both Mike McCarthy and, and Aaron Rodgers, had, I think, really, you know, they were able to compose themselves. They, they did a fantastic job. And Russell Wilson, who went and sat with the the um, the, the whole crew at the whole ESPN crew, I, I thought did a, a, an absolutely phenomenal job. But you know, for Golden Tate to go up, and, and again, I. I I like Gold Tate, you know he's a Notre Dame alum. I want him to do well, but but you know I think the first question to him was, did you push off? And for him to say, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking. That's about. That's how he has to answer that question. It, he it, wasn't it, it, replacement officials or not. He was not called for the offensive pass interference. And um, I think it was John Gruden during the game even said when they were showing the replay, he says, even real officials might not call him for that in that situation. So he. He can't say he pushed off, and he might not even remember. He was so in the heat of the moment. He hasn't watched the replay as many times yeah, as you and, have. Yeah, and and I and I understand that, but I I do think that he came across very defensive there. I think if if you're going to answer that question, you say, you know, look, I I I respect these officials. I respect the call that they made. The call they made was a touchdown. You know, and 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 I feel like, you know, at, for you know for for the sake of the game, you know, we we went out, we fought really hard. You know, we, we did a, a lot of hard work to get to that point where we can win the game. I'm proud of my team, proud of our quarterback, and you know, and, and I, I feel like we did the things we needed to win the game. But but to say I, I don't know what you're talking about, that just seemed not only really defensive, but Charlie, when you say that, you know what they're talking about. I laughed when I saw that interview. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I listen yeah. to me defending a Notre Dame guy and you bashing a Notre Dame guy. <laughs> what the hell? I know. <laughs> uh um, how do you think this impacts the rest of the NFC North? I mean, both of our teams, my team's the Lions, yours is the Bears. Both of our teams are in this division, and the favorite in the division, the Packers, are now one and two. I, I think, I, I think the real takeaway from from this game is is the fact that that the Packers don't have a running game. Um, I, you know, if and if I'm if I'm the Bears, if I'm the Lions, if I'm the Vikings. That's really what I'm looking at, is is the fact that that the Packers don't have the Packers have a very one dimensional offense right now, and in an offense that that you can actually shut down. So and the Seahawks are good. The Seahawks yeah. hung with them the whole game. Russell Wilson has gotten better each week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's you know this isn't all about the Packers. The Seahawks still made the plays to be in a position to have a 50-50 play come up at the end of the game. Totally. And there, there were probably – I didn't get to see all of the game because we were podcasting last night, but I'm sure there were there were calls that went against the Packers just as much as there were calls that went against the Seahawks. It was just this one play at the end really, really yeah. affected Seattle. And, you know, it, it, bad plays bad plays happen. So so after, after, the, um, after the incident happened, the, the, the teams are, are mandated – to uh, to kick the extra point, even in a situation where a, a touchdown wins the game. Um, so th- this is a conversation that we had before we started this pod. Was you know, do, do you feel like the like the Packers should have come out for the extra point because they didn't for ten minutes. They went back to the locker room and then about ten minutes later, uh, you know, a, a couple of them came out and they kicked the extra point and that was that was it. Um, do, do you feel like they, they should have come out or, or do you think do you feel like they should have stayed in the locker room at a protest? I mean, I told you this when it was going on, I think I couldn't believe that they weren't going to come out for that. I understand that they're mad 
and I understand that they're protesting, that is completely classless by the Packers to do that. And that is poor sportsmanship. These guys, you know, we talk all the, all the time about how these guys are held to a higher standard. They definitely should have come out They're They are role models. What if a high school team does this? You know, what if, what if a, a peewee football kid is watching this and he goes, you know, the next time a play doesn't go my way, I'm not coming out for the next play. Whether you agree with it or not, you take that up after the game's over. And, you know, you, you mentioned they finally came out for the play. At that point, that was 10, 15 minutes after the game had ended. I had, you know, I had barely been paying attention. I was off, you know, trying to figure out what the hell happened. And I didn't care about the extra point. I don't think anybody else did. Um, so I think it was just completely classless by them. And I, you know, they should be ashamed of themselves. You know, it, it, hell really is freezing over right now because not only am I going to criticize Anur Demolon, but I'm going to defend the Packers. I, 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 you know what? I, I don't think they should have come back out. I think that this was it, – it's one thing to blow a call, right? But but this is this is just indicative of a – look, this is the cherry on top of a situation which has – and really, we don't know how many games this has already blown, this this replacement ref situation, right? Now, we, we know for sure one, maybe two with with with, uh, with Patriots-Ravens. But at some point, somebody needs to take a stand. At some point, somebody needs to say, you know what? There is there is nothing there, – there is nothing more that, that we can do except for just to say no. We're not going to participate – we are not going to let this this bullshit stand one second longer. Um, and, and and you know, and again, you know, we we talked to the top of this pod. There's there's almost nothing that the players or the fans can do to finally make Roger Goodell relent here. But maybe if if they would have refused to come out, maybe that would have been a sign that you know what. You know, the, these guys as players, this team as as a team, they are serious about saying, you know, owners, Commissioner Goodell, you need to get this situation straightened out because you are ruining the game. Um, I, I, I think it sends a message. I think it sends a message that needed to be sent. And and, and I, I understand what you're saying. Right. And, and I and I understand that you don't want to set a precedent. But the NFL is already setting a precedent here, right? Goodell's already setting a precedent. These refs are already setting a precedent. At, at some point, you need to stand up and say, no, not anymore. And, and you said, you know, what can the fans do? I actually did see today online there's a change.org petition started uh, to the NFL commissioner's office to that the fans want to see the um, the real refs back. And I don't remember what number it was up to, but if you go to change.org, I'm sure you'll be able to find it really easily and sign that petition if this is something that you want to show your support for. And, and we will uh, we'll make sure to put a link to that petition on our on our Twitter feed, at Natty Bros, and on our website as well, nattybros.com. Yeah, definitely. Um, but one of the things that, you know, the, the people that really need to be advocating Roger Goodell are the owners. And I was reading Bill Barnwell's column um, this afternoon and one of the things that he said is he said that's the Packers are the worst team this could happen to because they don't have an owner. And he yeah. made a point. What would happen if this happened to the Cowboys? What would Jerry Jones do? I mean, you know, if, if this were to happen to Jerry Jones, if this were to happen to, you know, if, if Al Davis was still around, this would have happened to Al Davis. I, you know, I, I, I think I think the, the dynamic here is completely different. Um, 
but I, I think I think it's actually appropriate that it happened to the Packers. It's appropriate that it happened to a publicly owned team because it, it just further goes to show that, that the real losers here are are the fans. They're the fans and the players are the people who who fuel this league. They're the people whose money, whose time, and whose effort, and as far as the players whose bodies fuel this league. And they are the ones that are being screwed here. They're the ones who are being wronged. Um, and beyond beyond the referee situation, because I, I think at this point, the the referees have, have just become a an example of of a of an NFL that has just taken everything that has built it up and made it for granted. So, you know, to, to a certain extent. I, I, I think I think this happening to the Packers is, is kind of a perfect situation because it illustrates at, so clearly what what is really what is really at stake here. Yeah. And I think the big thing that's at stake with all of this, you know, a game here and there that that's horrible. This this could affect playoff standings. This could affect, you know, the Seahawks getting in, the Packers not getting in. Um there's definitely that aspect of it, but what I am the most concerned about is the player's safety, and they already have a player safety crisis going on with concussions, and right now the players don't respect these officials. After all this happened, next week they're going to respect them even less, much less than they already did, and you're going to see these guys getting into fights again, you're going to see hard hits because they don't think the refs are going to do anything, and you're the NFL is putting their players at risk that they say that they care so much about. And, and and I think and again, I mean, this is this is just me being perfectly cynical. I think at the end of the day, the NFL would much rather have this be the driving narrative of the season instead of why is the NFL allowed this rampant concussion and brain injury crisis to to sustain itself for for years on end at this point or bounty gate? Yeah, right. I mean, it's true. The NFL is much better at PR than you or I are probably are. So they know what they're doing, and yeah. they're gonna they're gonna wait till this thing hits a breaking point before they make any changes. No, I I, I absolutely agree. And again, it's important to remember the NFL has time on their side, right? You know, fans fans will come and go, right? But but the the sport will endure, and, and new fans will come and take its place, right? I mean, there, there's no you know I think I think Steve Young, I forget if it was this weekend or last weekend. You know, alluded to the fact that there there is a there there are certain kind of inelastic properties to to the demand for for uh, for the NFL, and and I think he's absolutely right. You know, people people aren't going to suddenly drop watching football. No, it's 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 too ingrained in our culture. You know, if if baseball can survive the White Sox scandal, you know, if 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 baseball can survive a you know multiple scandals and and a you know a horrible strike in '94, and still be the great game it is today. That football can surely do the same. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think you summed it up perfectly. So let's let's move on to you know we've talked about a lot of the, the real serious issues that happened with this and the serious implications of um, of this scandal last night and this this event last night. Let's talk about some of the funny stuff that's happened as a result of it. The internet, I thought today was hilarious. Um, everybody on my Facebook feed was a was a football expert, just like I think I am, and they had they had their say on what happened last night. But I also saw some pretty funny links, um, and, I, and some good tweets, and you know, I, I, let's go over some of the fun stuff that happened as a result of this. Yeah, let's lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, 
So I think one of my favorite links that I saw today was for a t-shirt, and it had a silhouette of Brett Favre and a speech bubble, and it said, oh, interceptions are touchdowns in the NFL now? I'm unretired. You know, I, I think I also saw the same thing with, uh, with Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> so, but I, I think I think that would actually require Jamarcus Russell to put down his his gallon of uh, of, of codeine-induced uh, cough syrup. Purple drink. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I thought that was great. And and uh, so so I, I actually didn't see the story about somebody tweeting uh, Commissioner Goodell's phone number. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm trying to find it right now. It was one of the Wisconsin senators, probably a diehard Packer fan, actually tweeted Roger Goodell's phone number. And uh, the NFL offices had thousands and thousands of calls as a result of this. Wow. And again, it, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, if, if you're the NFL, you know what? You put your head down, you power through. These people are going to call regardless. They're going to bitch. They're going to moan. But you know what? They care enough to call the commissioner's office to lodge a complaint. They're probably going to care enough to watch football on Sunday, too. That's that's the, the thing. And this message also was retweeted a thousand times. Um, and it doesn't say how many calls there were to Roger Goodell. I think I think I heard somewhere like 71,000. I, I, I read that, too. I think that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, I think on PTI they, they said 71,000. So, um, But, you know, I, I've got to say, you know, Twitter kind of c- continues to, to prove itself to be the, uh, the the optimal news source for um, for, for for breaking brew situation like this. Uh, do you have any uh, any any favorite tweets? I wrote down some of my favorite ones, and um, I thought there were I thought there were some great ones. Damian Woody had probably my favorite of all of them, and he says, "Was this a Buffalo Wild Wings commercial?" Hashtag Monday Night Football. I thought that was that just really hit the nail on the head. You know, I, I actually I, I thought. Um, I actually thought some of the some of the Packer tweets were were really interesting, and it, and it, it is going to be interesting to see to what extent the NFL does take action. They don't take action because again, you know, this is another precedent thing, right? You know, if if you if if you find a if you normally find a player for criticizing the refs, why wouldn't you find these these players now? Oh, no question, these players, these players, these coaches. I'm surprised we haven't heard about Bill Belichick's fine yet. I mean, these guys are all getting fine, no question about it. Yeah, and, and they and, should be because these are these are replacement refs. They're still the refs. I I absolutely agree. I I think I think they they need to be fined. I think that you when when you are um yeah again when when you're an NFL football player the. I mean, the irony—the irony here is—is is that the, that these replacement refs have kind of broken the the sanctity of of, of, of what it means to be a an impartial referee uh, in 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 sports. I think by just their their sheer incompetence and their I mean their almost seemingly un, unwillingness to 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 do, the, to do the job correctly. But I mean, you, you still have to respect them. You still have to recognize the fact that that they are the authority on the field. Yeah. So, and one guy who's definitely going to have a fine come in his way is TJ Lang. Uh, he tweets at TJ Lang seventy. He's a he's a Packers guard, and he says, "Fuck it, NFL, find me and use the money to pay the uh, the regular refs." And then he also says, uh, 
got f***ed by the refs. Embarrassing. Thanks, NFL. So he's going to he's gonna lose a little bit of change. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and, and, and I, I think, again, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like, these guys absolutely have the right to be upset. They absolutely have the right to be upset. Um, but, you know, all, all the tweets, and, and even as, as much as I was saying, you know, that, that, that the Packers shouldn't have gone back on the field, I, I still do not think that there is anything. Look, the, the, the Packers could not play an, another game for the rest of the season. The NFL is going to go on, right? Like, it's just the NFL is going to persist. You're, you're not going to see that there, there is no competition here. So, you know, regardless of what happens, regardless of, you know, how many more, um, you know, critical segments there are on, on ESPN about this, you know, we are, we are going to be sitting here next Monday talking about the NFL games from, from the past weekend, which there are some, I, I, there are some pretty good ones coming up. Some ones that I'm actually excited about. And you and I play each other in fantasy this week, too. I know. I know. So. so. What, one, other, one other funny story that I've kind of insisted that we include in this podcast. Um, and I think it, it's, it's just awesome. Well, not awesome for everybody. This call actually lost Miguel Cabrera, uh, Tigers third baseman Miguel Cabrera, the man who's up for the Triple Crown in the American League, his fantasy week against Rick Porcello. He had the Packers' defense, and those last points the Packers' defense gave up cost him the three points he needed to beat Rick Porcello. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that Mickey will wash it, will wash that loss down with a nice with a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, with a nice cool bottle of scotch. Oh please! I'm behind the wheel of a car. As long as he hits home runs and stays sober, <laughs> and and is good. So let's let's dive into kind of two wrap up topics as we as we kind of close out this uh, breaking bruise podcast. Do you think the Packers are going to be able to recover from this? I think they play the Saints next week. The the Saints have, I mean, they have to have the worst defense in the NFL. I think they're one of maybe two or three teams that have already allowed over 100 points. I think it's them, the Redskins, and maybe one other. The the, the Packers are going to go to town on the Saints. I, I think they're going to be fine. They still have a ton of weapons. They still have the MVP. Um, and they still have a fundamentally good defense, too. So yeah, That's yeah. debatable. Their defense isn't that great. Yeah, I, I think I, I think they, they've got they've got pieces there to, to turn it on when they need to. Um, you know, again, the real question here is the running game, which 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 makes them a, a truly dynamic offense. But that has nothing to do with what happened last night. And I actually think, you know, we disagree on this game because I think the Saints are actually going to pull it out. Um, is the game in New Orleans or is it in Green Bay? Do you know? I th- think it's in Green Bay, but I'm not entirely sure. Well, either way, the Saints are a desperate team. They're 0-3. Drew Brees is a great leader. I think Drew Brees is going to lead them to victory in this game. I think the Packers are going to play angry. They're going to play. They're going to play with passion, but they're going to play angry. And you know, if you're looking at a game to bet on this weekend, if this game even gets a line in Vegas, um, I would look at the. I would look at the Saints possibly to win this game. I no. I I, I think first of all, I wouldn't even bet on a game right now because it, I'm, I'm, unless you were betting against either a team that you are picking because of your horrible lock, or, or frankly, I, I think if you were just to go pure home teams right now. Because I think these referees are just straight up afraid of, of home crowds. But 
I mean, we obviously we'll have a lot to talk about on on Monday when we uh, when we come back to this topic. Yeah, well, and I just looked, and the the Packers are actually playing at home, so the Saints are going to have to win in Lambeau, uh, and the line right now is Green Bay by eight. I would um, I I would actually take the I would take the over on that. You take Green Bay. Yeah, I I I think I think Green Bay by I, I think Green Bay is going to win by ten. I, I really do. I, I just think I think the Saints are a mess. Well, let's we'll see what happens. Well, uh, I'll, I'm going to say the Saints are going to win, and I think last night we disagreed on a game too. And uh, so we got a couple. We got a couple we can take a look at this weekend. Uh, was it the Oklahoma State Texas game that we disagreed on last night? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, um, so you know, to wrap this up, what do you what do you think? What's your prediction? When are we seeing regular refs back? You know, I I, I think I think we might see them. After week eight, um, if, if I had to take a guess, I, I just I don't think that we're going to see them back in the next week. I, I still think that this is going to I think it's going to continue. Um, and and, and I, I think that you're going to see some concessions from the refs, some minor concessions from the league. But, you know, what? I, I still think that the, that the, the league can and will survive this. I, I think that there's going to be more stuff like this. I don't think this is going to be the last thing that we're going to talk about. I think this is the, the tip of the iceberg for, for horrible calls, for, for black guys in the league. But, you know, this is this is a, a sport and a, a company that that has that has the cash on hand to survive anything. Yeah. I, I originally, when this happened, uh, put up a Facebook status that said the, the officials will be back. The regular officials will be back by this Sunday. Uh, I think I'm taking that back. I don't. Based on the coverage that this is getting, um, I would I would be surprised if we see the the regular officials um, just yet. I think it'll be before week eight. And the thing we got to think about is, you know, just like the athletes, these officials have to get back into game shape too. So it'll be interesting to see if the you know the regular officials are as sharp as they once were. And um, Dave Damashek put it best. I, I read something he he said. He said that the regular officials weren't all that great before either. I mean, everybody talks about them like they're perfect. They were never perfect either. Yeah, but like, like there was, you know, I think there were there were imperfections in the way that, you know, that there were some calls that, that you could you could dispute. And then there were just complete games being being won and lost. And, that, and, and granted, I mean, look, you know, one of the examples that, that people are talking about is is the, the Calvin Johnson catch-no-catch. A, a couple a couple years ago against the Bears against the Bears, yeah. You know, look, sure that that happened, but it, again, it's it's in, in these games in last night's game in the in the in the Patriots Ravens game, it's not like it was one play that ruined it, right? It was. I mean, you were seeing just a a systematic, just just complete destruction of of not only the the way that these games are being called. But in, in discipline on the field, and, and and just the way that that the that the flow of the game is going, yeah, well, absolutely nobody is perfect, and you know you see it in any sport, you see it in soccer, you see it in baseball, you see it in basketball. But you know, just having these guys back on the field, and and, and just having a situation in which there is going to be an actual authority on the field. That, that these players will respect, I, I think will I think you'll you'll see a noticeable change in, in the way the game is played. Yeah, 
it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I don't think this is the last um, crazy thing to happen in the NFL. And really, I mean, what are the chances that two plays in back to back nights are these crazy finishes to these games? I mean, regular officials or replacement officials, these were both insane plays. And I, you know, I just. I'm interested to see what happens next. Uh, this has been one hell of an NFL season so far. Well, and, and you can certainly be sure if it happens, we'll be talking about it right here on Natty Bros Podcast. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We keep talking about these big these big stories happening right after we're done recording our podcast. So something big is probably going to happen in the next two or three hours. Um, but to, uh, the last thing I do want to say is that last night's play was pretty crazy, very controversial. And that is just what happens when you have a play that involves a University of Wisconsin quarterback throwing to a Notre Dame wide receiver. Well, you know, if uh, if if a if University of Michigan player would have been involved, that would have been worth two touchdowns. So, yeah. where's Charles Woodson on that play? <laughs> All, All right. right, folks. Well, thanks for listening to the Breaking Brews podcast. Anthony, you got anything you want to end with? Just uh, if if you have any questions, comments, concerns, topic ideas. Shoot us an email at nattybrospodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us at nattybros and go to our website, www.nattybros.com. And subscribe on iTunes, Natty Bros. Two words. All right, people. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week unless something crazy happens in the next couple hours. Time for a Simmons. YOLO! YOLO!